Welcome to Find Yourself Healthy. My name is Chelsea Marie, personal trainer, professional model, and nutritionist. On each episode, I have an inspiring person or message to motivate and educate you on your journey of true health, your nutrition, and fitness, so you too can find yourself healthy. Let the journey begin. Chelsea here with the Autoimmune Path to Recovery, and we have Dr. Kurt Perkins here. Welcome, Dr. Kurt. So good to have you here. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is going to be fun. Yeah, yeah. And Dr. Kurt, he specializes in fatigue. He also specializes in oxygen therapy. He's a functional medicine doctor. He's been helping hundreds within the area get (sighs) more energy. So how did you exactly get into this field? Ooh, long story. Um, so I think it goes way back. Like I was the sick kid. So I had the chronic strep throat, the chronic bronchitis, the chronic ear infections, like you name it every winter till I can remember. Um, my mom was a nurse. My dad was a pastor. And so we had this very small church and like, we had a ton of like, what do you call them? Like potluck dinners after church and all that. And one thing as young, I remember seeing like, hey, these people all have these little Dixie cups full of colorful looking things. And I would get mad because I'm like, hey, why do they get candy? And I don't. And then they're like, that's not candy. Those are pills. And so as I got older and older, I, I started noticing like, hey, those cups are getting fuller and fuller. So they're getting more pills as we're aging. But with all my sickness, like my mom would bring me the pills home and I would get better. So I'm like, Hey, they're not getting the right pills. So as I was going into undergraduate, like, let me do something that can potentially get these people the right things. So my original kind of mode was going to be a pharmacist. Um, and I got into whatever, just got into like the general biology, chemistry and all that got into a semester into it. And my advisor was like, you know what? Like I've seen kids like you, you're not going to make it. You're not going to get good enough grades to get to whatever pharmacy school and all that. Um, and I took it more as a challenge and out of spite that I went home during Christmas break and was like, all right, what's the hardest profession I can find or major still in her kind of wheelhouse, but not under her direction. So then I came across biochemistry. I'm like, all right, stays in the sciences. So I chose my, my major more out of spite than actually love of anything, um, just being the quiet, competitive kid. But so with that, my new advisor had grants from the NIH, so the National Institute of Health, to do genetic sequencing of bacteria. Like my school is small, so I had all the one-on-one attention you could ever want with this kind of program. And it got to the point where like, oh, I had this like internal debate because I had to make the Petri dish and either... Like we, we clone these cells, put them in, but with the dish, I always had to make it perfect. I had to have like the right nutrients, the right temperature, the right cleanliness, the right oxygen levels, you name it. And if it didn't have that, those cells didn't grow. So I had this kind of like divide of like, okay, like I'm about to go into a profession that's going to be throwing drugs at everybody. But in my little limited research here, accidental research is like, if I don't have the environment well, it doesn't matter what the DNA is because these all have the exact same DNA. So I'm like, crap, what am I supposed to do now? Because you're entering like end of undergraduate. And so I looked at all these different professions and finally kind of like settled on chiropractic, not because like I'd never been adjusted, 
I had no neck pain, back pain, I knew nothing about it. It just like, hey, they had the biggest spectrum of kind of what I could do as far as lifestyle aspects of it. Now, they gave me a ton of more tools in the toolbox, came out of school, was in more of a traditional chiropractic clinic, but I was like, okay, like, how come if I have these five people with the same condition, three get better, one so-so, one nothing at all. And then just kept asking the questions, why, why, why? And then like, again, a 20-year journey of, oh, functional medicine now addresses the why behind these illnesses and not just the what behind them. So um, that's kind of how I got it. I was, I was the sick kid to the point of like, okay, these people have better quality of life. Yeah. Yeah. I love seeing that and hearing your journey of through different areas with it, whether that be like the joint pain with chiropractic, because people with autoimmune deal with that as well. And then on the aspect of there's so many pieces that play a role with it. And that was something I know you mentioned that you have a set approach of helping people step-by-step to really identify. And so I would love to hear then what kind of is that like systems and sequent approach to help people with autoimmune or honestly, any health issues that they may be dealing with? Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, it's, it's, again, it's putting things in a camp of, most will put autoimmune is like, oh, I'm part of the unlucky club. It sucks to be me. This is randomly happening, right? Argue, be like, no, it probably wasn't an event that caused it, but there can be a series of instances that have accumulated to now create this like overprotective event opposed to like the body attacking itself. And so kind of speaking in generalities, what I'll often see is that whatever it could be physical, chemical, emotional, social, like whatever hits in life could be from childhood all the way on. It's basically put the brain's communication to the body in this protective state opposed to like a recovery state. So it's kind of like foot on the gas pedal. You got to get a danger quick. Um, and your body's going to throw all the resources into doing that. Now that first bucket is going to be super energy demanding. So if you always have your foot on the gas pedal all day, every day, at some point you either just run into a wall or you run out of gas and the body's like, I would rather slow you down and have you run out of gas. And then we can replenish later than you hit a wall and like life is over with. So the body will start to tank someone out. And that's what I think that's why fatigue is the biggest thing coming through my doors because everything like, Fatigue is just kind of this non-general symptom, but there's so many things that can lead to it. Now, where autoimmune kind of comes into play is like, again, a lot of my people are high achievers. Like, like I still got to keep going. I still have to put fuel in the tank. I'm going to start stealing from myself. So a lot of times what the body then does is start stealing from the gut. It can be an easy target right there, or it can be like muscles, joints, ligaments, because that's like an internal stake that's super nutrient rich. So now tissues are starting to be broken down. These are little injuries. Like the body's like, Hey, I'm getting picked on. I got to put my defenses up. So now the gut and all that shift more towards an immune response at the expense of digestion. So you'll see a ton of gas and bloating and all that other stuff, digestive disorders. And then usually last but not least, the liver sees what's going on. And the liver is kind of like the great multitasker of the body. It says, I can then jump to help. I'm going to produce inflammation to either quarantine an infection, kind of like immobilize a joint if there's injuries, so you don't keep further doing damage. But again, we got to trade off something and it's usually detoxification 
hormone regulation and just like all recovery aspects. So a lot of times those events lead to now like this internal hamster wheel. It could be decades ago. They're like, okay, like I'm not stressed anymore. I don't have these events going on. Why am I still breaking down and all that? And it's because the nervous system has just been, was hit so many times before that it becomes like its default setting whenever there's any like new challenge in life. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so good for people to be able to actually see what's happening throughout the body. Like when they're having an autoimmune flare up to even the past things that contribute to it, like it all goes in a circuit where it can spiral as well with people that's dealing with it. So yeah. yeah, yeah. And so many people too, with autoimmune have those symptoms of the fatigue and so from your step-by-step approach then, is there certain like supplements or things that you suggest people to start doing in order to take action? Okay, like we know what's going on with the body with that aspect, then what action can they take for it? Yeah, I think um, a lot of people come in already having some sort of like, they've already done some action steps and they're hitting roadblocks. And what I'll see is they're usually trying to remove and kind of deprive and i'd be like if the bodies are in a breakdown mode now depriving even more is like not going to help the situation like for example like especially women like not to pick on you guys but a lot of times like they'll start gaining weight because the body's like i'm breaking down i'm stressed i'm going to start conserving because there might be another bear around the corner so i'm going to hold on to stuff just in case there's more bears what women then tend to do is like, oh, I'm going to go into this calorie deficit thinking I'm going to lose this weight. And what they end up doing, again, maybe just a bubble of my people, but I see it over and over again, is like now they're starving themselves and way undernourishing and it's never going to recover. So like it's going to sound super counterintuitive, but I would say a first step a lot of times is like increasing calories, like getting more fuel into the system to make sure you have enough, not just to function, but then to recover. Um, and again, I say that, but keep in mind, like you might gain some weight in the beginning, but a lot of times it's not like gaining fat. It's replenishing those muscles that have been broken down. Now you're rehydrating things. So weight may go up, but it doesn't mean it's a bad thing. So, um, I think a first step for a lot of people is like, we have to start eating more and that's kind of dependent on the situation Then we can play with like carbs and fats and proteins and all those types of things. I would say another quick step I'll have people do is increase their salt. Again, like salt's been villainized for 40 years. And I think we're blaming salt for what sugar has done. Um, Cause like your doctor would be like, Oh, stay away from salt. But then if you ask them like, Hey, what about electrolytes? Like, Oh, that's fantastic. I'm like, it's the same thing. Like it's just two different words for it. And that first communication of brain to body is very salt dependent. And we, again, if people foot on the gas pedal, they're depleting those resources over and over and over again. And so a lot of times we're just starting with like, okay, we're going to kind of go counterintuitive to everything you've heard for 40 years. We're going to increase and we're going to eat more, move less and have more salt. And people are like, what? Like this sounds ridiculous. So, but they're usually open and willing to give it a little bit of try. And like, okay, now we're starting to see some recovery. So. Yeah, because the body needs the nutrients to function, right? If you're deficient, then you're not going to be functioning properly. And you got to get that body working properly as a first step, which I think is huge for people. And it comes down to like, also, like when you said like the salt, yeah, you're making sure that's a mineral the body also needs and like with the electrolytes. So making sure that you can even get good quality salt, like Himalayan salt. 
Yep. Excellent. You know, like if people are dehydrated or they live in the desert, definitely make sure you have an electrolyte and salt. Like all of that plays a role in the body functioning properly. So, so great to hear that. Um, I know celery, that's another great sodium that has natural salt too with it. Um, do you have certain foods then that you recommend for people or just necessarily good quality vegetables, fruits, your carb protein levels? Yeah, I think, um, again, I think people have been avoiding foods that have been villainized, like say the meat whole thing. So again, we're, we're especially in autoimmune, again, the bubble of people again, so I'm not going to speak for everybody, but just what I see consistently is they, they start loading up on veggies and then decreasing animal products like meats. And again, we've reversed that for one thing, like animals can run away. They can bite you. They can injure you. So like not the same girls, but if you're eating them, you've won that battle. Plants want to preserve themselves. They want them seeds to be planted and to grow and to mature and all that. So when we're eating them, they have the potential to release some basic chemical warfare to irritate the gut of whatever bug is eating them or animal or human. So we throw them up, we diarrhea, preserve the seed, and now they get planted somewhere. Again, like for most people, plants aren't going to be an issue. I see a lot of autoimmune where like that just adds more fuel to the fire. And so we're backing off on some of those like plant chemicals, increasing some animal protein to get into that recovery side of that. So it's kind of thinking expansion first and then detox later, where I think a lot of people start with a detox and they're like, I'm just not getting anywhere. So I got to detox more, or I got to deprive more. And they just keep digging more of a hole for themselves. Yeah. Like the detox, if you're going to have autoimmune, you want to make sure you're going to at least definitely kind of slower watching the body's symptoms too, to make sure, because you detox, obviously your body is bringing up toxins now that might've been stored in there, causing the immune system to then inflare, start to attack those as well, which can cause more of it going out of whack. So there's an, definitely an approach to it. Um, yeah, so make sure you always contact somebody that has experience, a health professional will help you through all of this. But I love that you bring up to where plants can even be a trigger to some people. Like if you're allergic to a lot of plants, then kind of, you know, take a look back of like, okay, if I'm allergic to it, then that could also be a food sensitive. If I'm just, you know, allergic to the air of it and stuff, other vegetables that you're having. Yep. And the carnivore diet, that's becoming kind of a new thing. <laughs> Have you uh, heard about that, using that aspect for it? Yeah, yeah, big time. And I, and I would say that, um, was it 2018, is kind of when I started that journey. So I had this string, it was like summer 2018, a string of people, IBS, Crohn's, kind of all digestive, like immune system stuff. And their story was similar in the fact that like, hey, I know I should eat more fruits and veggies, but it wrecks me and tears me apart, like bloating and gas and pain and all that. They're like, the only thing that really feels good is actually red meat, but they're like, I'm scared of the increase in potential cholesterol and inflammation, like all the, just the agenda driven stuff that meat is bad. And so instead of me saying, no, that's stupid in my head, I knew it was. Cause I'm like, I don't know. I, I I'm more of a meat-based guy anyway. I'm like, great. Let me be your experiment. So that's where I did pure carnivore. And I would do like 30, 30 day stretches of it. 
I would do extensive lab work, like cardiac insulin stuff, inflammatory markers, pre post, and be like, look, even if you did it for 30 days, you're not going to die. This is just from me. Um, and honestly, I felt fantastic. Like the first 10 days and workouts, I might've bonked a little bit, but about two weeks I was back to full capacity. Like, yeah. And digestively I felt fantastic. And so I've kind of continued, I would say animal-based. I'm not like a hundred percent. So I primarily like meat and fruit are kind of my two, two big food staples now. Yeah. So neat to hear that you've actually been an advocate of doing that. Yeah. Is that <laughs> great symptoms with it. Um, cause one, the carnivore diet can be utilized too, as like an elimination diet. Like yep. if, yeah, if somebody's having a hard time finding, you know, what's causing their autoimmune flare up, go to just meats. And then once you do that for 30 days, then you can slowly, if you start bringing in stuff, you'll know if it's a certain vegetable that or whatever it could be as well. Yeah. Super cool. So then have you started to integrate the carnivore diet to clients as well and trying that out? Yeah. And I think, yeah, like, and again, I don't know if anyone's had to go full total carnivore, but like increasing the meat consumption and not being afraid of the quote unquote heart disease and all that type of thing is usually more of a mental hurdle. Like, cause most of them are like, Oh, I get to, like, I would say a lot of them come in, like, especially women, and they leave like, okay, more meat, more salt, more like, go have a steak tonight. And they're like, my husband's going to love you. Like <laughs> they think I'm going to tell them like, eat like a bird and eliminate everything. I'm like, no, we got to build up, eat, eat this nourishing food. Um, don't worry about so many vegetables right now. We'll get to it. But yeah, in, in, in season, like, let's start here. Super cool. Yeah. Love hearing that. And that's where it's like, it's part of also seasons. Like your body may need a carnivore diet. Some seasons it may need more vegetables and stuff. Yeah. All of these things, you always have to listen to your body adapt. Health professionals can help you with that. And that also kind of gets into like the aspect of like supplementation and stuff with people that are autoimmune. Sometimes they're doing a bunch of different things yeah. at once, causing the body to kind of even go <laughs> crazier. So what are your suggestions then with that for people? For supplementation, um, I like to base this more on testing. So I'll do a lot, what we call a test called organic acids. And it's a urine test. And it's almost like an emissions, tell, emissions test for yourselves. Like, what are you wasting? What are you not getting enough of? Um, and then also kind of helps me look at the different systems of things. So for example, like the energy bucket, if the mitochondria is off, that's where I'm starting because it's not just energy, like fatigue versus alert, but energy, like your currency to run everything. And if, if that's depleted, I don't care how much you try to like glutamine your gut and probiotic your gut and all this type of stuff. Like you're probably going to keep hitting roadblocks until that bucket's full first. Um, and so I like to base it more in lab tests. Like, again, I think some, some basic ones like amino acid profiles, multi-minerals, I think those are good to start with, but there can be so many nuances based on what a person's going with that. I like to base it more on testing itself. Yeah. And then you can heal the mitochondria. So the urine testing that you have that, or that you recommend will actually test for the mitochondria on the cell. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Super yeah. awesome. Yeah. So that would be a great step for people then also to start doing and finding that potential area of what needs more help in so they can focus in on that. Yeah. And 
Yeah. And then since you deal with also joint pain, so many areas that you help people out with. So it's so amazing. But a lot of people with autoimmune have that joint pain, especially with RA, um, rheumatoid arthritis, and, and honestly, any other autoimmune disease, they can be dealing with that muscle and joint pain. So what are, you know, that steps of for people to start helping out with? Um, I think like, I think the joint pain is just like a symptom, like anything else, whether someone's Hashimoto's or rheumatoid or whatever, the, the final symptom is kind of like the very end of it. So when you start looking at, okay, what's causing the tissue damage, what's causing the immune system overload and you address those, those symptoms start subsiding and start improving. Um, I think the trick thing is like, this is where like each story is going to be different from a person. So their experiences are going to dictate what, what kind of interventions need. Like, for example, again, this is just because it's fresh in the mind. I had two women this past week. Again, they were doing awesome. Like they were on par with nutrition. They're on par with supplements, like lifestyle, all stuff. And just hitting these roadblocks. It turns out they had to make the decision. Like I have to remove my breast implants. Like that was the thing that was causing a roadblock in their healing journey. Um, and in fact, today, as we're recording this, Danica Patrick, like the female race car driver, just had a huge post on Instagram about like removing her breast implants and like almost immediately feeling better, despite doing all those things that were guided and right. It's like, okay, what's that roadblock? So that could be like a physical thing going on right there. So it's, it's, yeah, it's going to be like personal experience is going to dictate and drive more the health expression than like someone's underlying genetics. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a great point of just realizing there can be external things like the breast implants, you know, yeah. maybe it's, you know, not using a aluminum free deodorant, like yeah, yeah. small things like that, like your external environment that could be causing this too. Yep. Yeah. You kind of assess like, okay, what's, what's physically potentially happening and some things you can't change. It might've been like this massive car accident where you have like rods and screws somewhere and like, okay, we're not probably going to be able to remove that. It can be chemical stuff. Like there's over 90 medications that cause lupus. So like, if we're talking about autoimmune, like sometimes it's the medications you're taking for something that has nothing to do with autoimmune is now driving that autoimmune process. So you have to start looking through there. It can be emotional again, like I'll have 40, 50 year olds, a wreck, but you, when you look back, like they had a childhood, I would never wish on anybody. Like, and, and there's questionnaires, like the adverse childhood events questionnaire that start diving deeper into like, why is that brain in this overprotective state? And so it might not be, I'm the first step. Maybe they have to go counseling where they thought they were over that situation, but things are starting to stir up now later in life. So it's just, yeah, it, it's, it's not getting cocky with it and not having a one size fits all approach and, and just being open, like, okay, we have to call an audible, like this isn't working. What else are we missing? And, and kind of dive down those roads. Yeah. Yeah. Like definitely listening into your body and what it's telling you symptom wise, getting help with a health professional. Um, I know you mentioned like with all of this, this all plays a role in eventually healing, like the joint pain or the fatigue. Is there, since you specialize in fatigue, auction therapy, I'm sure a lot of people would love to hear about like, what exactly is auction therapy? And then what are symptoms or what are things that they can do to help start the healing, the fatigue aspect too, in general, with all of the good advice you're giving and tips? Yeah. So with auction, like specifically for my clinic, we're doing hyperbaric oxygen. So basically 
you're, you're going into a chamber and we're increasing pressure. Um, so I think we're, we're in Colorado Springs, so we're at 6,500 feet of elevation. So we have the same oxygen levels here as someone at sea level. It's just, you have a higher pressure. So it's pushing everything together. So you take one breath in, you have more oxygen, kind of like hungry, hungry hippo thing. You got more marbles going in, but you get higher elevation here. Now they're spread out. So you have to work harder to get that same amount. So with hyperbaric oxygen, again, it works at any elevation. It's basically putting you in a hyper-pressured situation where now um, oxygen gets dissolved straight into your plasma. It's not dependent on your red blood cells to carry it around. So now it can get directly into your tissues opposed to, especially with autoimmune, it's usually like the little blood vessels that are getting damaged to whatever organ and tissue. So now the red blood cell can't get through carrying that oxygen to whatever tissue needs to be healed up. So the pressure kind of bypasses that red blood cell. So now you're getting oxygen to those tissues directly. Um, and and, and from, a, from a healing standpoint, that's one. From an energy standpoint, if you're gonna build a fire out or in your fireplace or bonfire, great, you have wood, but if you don't have an air supply, you're not gonna create that combustion. So again, like, again, situations here being high elevation, high altitude, people have, the wood, so to speak, they've got the raw materials, they have excess weight, they just need a spark to then have that oxygen create combustion. And now, okay, now we're feeding that mitochondria more in an efficient manner, opposed to like, I'm just holding my breath and sprinting all day in life and just getting more and more into fatigue. Yeah, yeah, huge. Like if you fit for people to kind of put it more in simple terms as well, like your body needs oxygen. Like if you just think about like how you breathe, right? You need that to function. And so putting more oxygen in the body can help that healing process. And yeah. I love how you brought up like people that have autoimmune, like if you're having rashes, hives, dealing with that, those blood vessels are getting also attacked. So helping that with the oxygen is huge. Um, and you guys are based in Colorado Springs. So you guys could definitely check out oxygen therapy at uh, Dr. Kurt's place as well. And yeah bringing into like all of these things people can do of starting to heal, then that goes into then like the liver aspect, right? Your liver is your detoxification center where it helps to start the process of detoxification. But how, what are like the steps then that when people are on that step of, okay, now let's start, we've done a lot of maybe detoxification, let's start healing either the liver or working on that inflammation. What are some things that you suggest for people? Um, again, I think circumstantially, a lot of times we're seeing a fatty liver to begin with. So it's causing a lot of like blocking of signals going through. So, so we kind of look at the liver as, as a, a detox organ, but I would say it's where most of our enzymes, a lot of our proteins, a lot of like antioxidants are produced. So it's not just detox, but if it's getting clogged up, plugged up, for example, T4 trying to convert to T3 is going to be blocked. So like people like now they start chasing thyroid stuff. Um, you have to get rid of excess estrogen. So again, if that's not working well, like now we can potentially create this estrogen dominance situation. So point of it is the more we can work on the fatty liver, which is an insulin resistant situation. And this is where we start playing with macros and percentages and those types of things with, with how they eat that starts cleaning up and now things are flowing a lot easier without like having to force, force a major detox. 
Yeah, yeah. And how that plays a role with like the hormones that's huge and eye opening for so many people with that because, yeah, they might be thinking, oh, well, I have PCOS. Oh, I have a Hashimoto's thyroid issues when it's okay. If we just work on step by step through the body of fixing it, okay, making sure the liver is functioning correctly, that can then also be fixing the hormone issues or thyroid, et cetera. Yep. Yeah. So, so many great tips, Dr. Kurt. Is there something in particular that you would say is a good action item for people that are dealing with autoimmune to start taking action on with this? Um, I think, I think the point is don't throw everything at everything. Like that's why I think like it, it works better to start in chunks and sequences of things and, and kind of work with the provider that understands that. I think the other thing is understanding like timeline of events where probably like, especially it depends on how long they've had it, how much they're suffering. It can be 30, 60, 90 days where like, I don't know much difference. I don't notice much difference. It's because you're stopping a train going in the wrong direction. Like you're not on the path of improvement yet. You're just slowing progress. So that train has to come to a stop, then switch tracks and now start gaining momentum in the right direction. So there's a period of time where like, I'm doing all the right stuff and I don't feel any different. And it's, it's, that's the hardest point because it can be, it can be discouraging. Like, it's just, it's one of those things you have to like keep open communication and talking through and like understanding like this autoimmune process didn't happen overnight. It's not going to heal up overnight. And so I would say that first part is that it's like stopping the progression of going the wrong direction. Then you start feeling better. And then what I'll tell all my clients is like, expect a point of resistance. Once things are starting to click and they're doing well, life's going to hit you in the face. It's for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. And so I see it time and time again. I can't tell you what it is, but um, some are like, hey, I'm feeling so good. I went and did this hike and now I'm injured and it got me off my routines. Or like, I had to travel unexpectedly or I had a family member that like, or we had COVID, whatever it is, like life's going to throw stuff at you. And I think when you're not having a guide in your situation, not having a coach, not having a provider, something like that, that's the give up point for people where they're like, oh, it's not working anymore. I must be doing something wrong. When a lot of times like, no, actually you're doing a lot of the right things. It's just life's pushing back at you. And so it's one of those like embrace the suck for a little bit, push through it, go down to one or two things that got the ball rolling in the first place, get through that season. And now you got some more like smooth sailing after that. So it's, it's just the expectations and realize like, Hey, I implement, it doesn't mean you're going to get immediate results. Yeah. Yeah. And making it more of a lifestyle, listening to the body at all times, having a health professional like Dr. Kurt to help walk you through the steps as well. Cause as you see, there's a lot of steps. Like we just went through in as we were speaking here. Yeah, yeah. Right? into really listening and then adapting and healing the body step by step throughout it. Um, love that, Dr. Kurt. All of the steps that people can go ahead and start integrating, like starting at least with the you know good food, getting more into that, potentially trying out the carnivore elimination diet, getting yep. help with all of this oxygen therapy. That's another huge one. Um, I'm a fan of the carnivore diet. I'm going to definitely try it out in about three weeks. Oh, well. nice. Yeah. Let me know. <laughs> yeah, I, I will. I mean, there's, it's been shown through studies of helping people with, yeah, you know, there's a lot more coming out on it. Yeah. 
So, so cool to see. And where can people follow you as well and connect with you? Um, I think like my website, drkurtzplace.com. Um, and then Instagram is probably, Instagram and Facebook are probably the two big things. And I don't know if there's links for things, um, but yeah, we can link it there. Yeah, yeah. And what is your Instagram handle for everyone? Um, at drkurt1, so just D-R-K-U-R-T-1. Perfect. Yeah. And the website as well. So you guys can check out his services. You can also book an appointment with him, but that's www.drkurtzplace.com. So we'll definitely post those links for you guys to have access and great having you, Dr. Kurt. Thank you for all the tips and advice of helping people. out. Yeah. Yeah. I had fun. Thank you. Thanks for being a part of Find Yourself Healthy. We're here to help you along your way. Remember to sign up for our newsletter or the nutrition and fitness plan that is right for you by visiting our website, www.findyourselfhealthy.com. See you on the next episode.